Hey, audio listener, you know there's video, right? Now, I, I get it. Some of you are on the road, so you have to download this, take it with you on a plane. Some of you read through Braille, so this is your only option. But for other people, there are exclusive sketches and visual elements. This is a night, nightly show uh, over there on YouTube or for Mug Club members. Ladderwithcredit.com slash Mug Club. The show is daily beyond the clips that you just get on YouTube or here on iTunes. It's $99 for the year, $69 annually. Ladderwithcredit.com slash Mug Club. But I get it. You're an audio-only guy or gal. There is no changing your mind. Enjoy the show. Lauder with Crowder Studios, protected exclusively by Walther and Hopper. Now sit back and I'm going to tell you a story. But I'll be honest, it doesn't have a happy ending. In fact, it doesn't have an ending at all. Since 2015, this story has included over 3 million victims. Some of them you may know personally. Some of them you've never heard of. See, YouTube never thought of Mug Club as any kind of a threat. Here in Silicon Valley, we thought that a few hundred thousand subscribers wouldn't amount to anything. Certainly not something to worry about. But after deplatforming Alex Jones and Gavin McGinnis as the club grew, the powers that be knew we had a problem. With over 5,000 people a day subscribing to the channel and thousands of new Mug Club members joining each month, to say that Mug Club had become a bona fide show would be the understatement of the year. had no idea how so many mugs were being transported right under our noses. That is, until we found Black O Mugscabar. See, YouTube always thought that Mug Club would be paywall content, a problem that would solve itself once everyone got off the platform. But Black O Mugscabar had other plans. Mugscabar was organized, with contacts all over the intellectual dark web and members with eyes and ears everywhere. He even hired a cutthroat half-Asian lawyer. Demonetization and hard strikes didn't even seem to make a dent. And by 2019, the elites in Silicon Valley knew they had a real problem. Sabes, el que apoya el mal es el mal. 
Solo quiero que les veas el rostro. Míralos. A los miembros del SPLC. Han ayudado a miles de víctimas de las palabras de Mudcloud. Solo queremos que nos entregues al negrito. A Blanco Maxcobar. Si no, ellos te van a mostrar la venganza de la justicia social. Hágale pues, hijo de putas. Está bien. Vamos a ver cómo te sientes después de que te toteen bien duro. Tienen que terminar así. No den papaya. Paren con las palabras de odio. Los chistes de mamar gallo. Solo dinos. ¿Dónde está Max Cobar? No. Nosotros... Somos Mokrom, no los mariconas, YouTube heroes, hijo de putas. Todas sus plataformas serán infectadas, hijo de putas, putas. That's if I were yeah. speed bagging, but like a speed bag that was moving on one of those things in the railway. Oh. <laughs> but if it were, what are those things called? I always no forget idea, the name. The little, you know, push cart. No, is that what they're called? It's a push cart. Push yeah, cart. I think a it push is. cart on a rail push cart. Push cart. I say push we call them the fact. Fact. Is that what you call them? It's it's the thing that goes nice. by when Boris and Natasha are yeah, 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 yeah. to the train tracks, and then clearly gay Deadly Do Right comes in and says, "I'm not a homo." <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, we have Anthony Kumia on the show. Boom. Very, really very excited. excited. We're Thank going to be talking yes. about the government shutdown. Uh, we had two change my mind installments this week. We You're welcome. We have more super videos coming up, more long form interviews coming up. Really excited. About, uh, really excited about the direction of, uh, of the show. Before we move on, question of the day. Have you personally, or how have you felt the effects 
from the government shutdown? Uh, or uh, would you say it's just exposed how little of an impact federal government has in most, if not all, of our lives? Genuinely, I'm interested <laughs> because the media tells us it's this disaster. Uh, let me know below. I want to hear from you. Hey, in third chair today, we have Rodigan McBrody. How are you? Good. Nice. Really excited for Anthony Cumia because I kind of grew up with him in New York. That's true because you had horrible parents. Quarter Black Garrett is here. Let him what's know. Uh, too cute Maddie with overlay. She makes me sick. And what's the wine of the day, G. Morgan Jr.? We have a little bit of Morlay Pinot Noir. Morlay, which is what ahead. you always demand Pino. at the Motel 6 with Carl. Morlay! Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. And Carl's and a nice guy. guy. Yes. So we're going to be talking about the government shutdown, getting through the top five myths, actually, the top lies that you've heard from the media. Uh, before that, um, of course, leading the news is that Nancy Pelosi uh. has canceled the State of the Union, and uh, <laughs> nice. our president quickly responded in classic fashion. The State of the Union speech has been uh, canceled by Nancy Pelosi because she doesn't want to hear the truth. She doesn't want the American no public to hear what's going on. And she's afraid of the truth. She's afraid of hearing my address because she's an old filthy bitch. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> listen, listen, frankly, I would never say that. They tell me, why don't you call her a dirty old bitch? I'd say, I would never say that. That's what they tell me. <laughs> so the bickering now has been going on back and forth for 30-something yeah. days. Yeah. Currently, President, as, as a, let's, let's wrap this up for you. Currently, President Trump is offering a DAC extension for the five or so billion in wall funding. While the Democrats want to reopen the government before negotiating at all, it doesn't seem as if either side is going to come to an agreement anytime soon as a precautionary measure in the interim however border patrol did blow up this caravan man seems like a we forgot about the caravan yes we did that's because we don't do cable news it well, would be in a chiron all the, I know, the entire time. here's the thing right. we forgot Trump never does. Trump never does. No. By the way, listen, who cares about the... I'm going to deliver... You know what I'm going to deliver by, by state? Huh? In a caravan. <laughs> uh, you know what I particularly... In a Dodge freaking caravan. Oh just to piss her off. Because <laughs> I know American she's a Chevy bitch, right? Am I right? Chevys. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, in murder news... <laughs> The New York State Senate just passed a bill legalizing abortions up to birth. I know what you're wow. saying. How are you going to uh -huh. make this funny? Uh -huh. Not very well. Um, <laughs> the bill actually restricts late-term abortions, uh, adding a broad health exception yeah. for abortions after 24 weeks up to nine months of pregnancy for, quote, age, economic, social, and emotional factors. Not to be outdone, 2020 candidate uh, Kristen Gillibrand pledged to make abortion legal up until and including the ninth trimester. Oh so we are, yes, yeah. yeah. I, hate, I hate her so much. Really? She's a, she's a less authentic, more heavily scripted Hillary Clinton. Mm -hmm. I can see that. <laughs> and a blithering moron. No, well, we, it seems just of the second We could use there. a lot less Hillary Clintons uh, in the political world right now. And one of the things that actually, I guess... I disagree. I want to see as many Hillary Clintons as humanly <laughs> no, possible. No, no, I get it. I get we it, have, but We no. have a job to do. I can't take it, all right? You have to You have to listen to enough of this crap already That's with one point. of them. You don't have to take it. They always lose, but you had oh, a point. Geez. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that pissed me off the most, they lit up, what is it, One World Trade Center? No, the uh, uh, Empire State in, Building. No, it was One World Trade Center, I think. Well, I think that, you're wrong, sir. I'm from New York. It's pink, and it's One World Trade Center. All right, tweet us. 
wings. No. It was pink on the top to celebrate this. I was like, are you serious? Like you're I understand if you come down on the other side of this argument, but to celebrate it like that so openly when at least half right. of the population believes you're killing a child. Well, right. Yeah. Like I mean, that's scary. incredible. That's I mean, scary. To, be, celebrate. to be fair though, it's Andrew Cuomo wants to one for president and he knows what his base is. Yeah. Yeah. Pink on one tower and to celebrate the abortion law, they just broadcast in a, a large size projection screen machete on the other side. Um, <laughs> Danny nice. Trejo is a supporter of this law. Oh, if that yeah, last story, by the way, didn't tours. make you uh, stabby enough, X-Men director, this has been going uh, going around yep. the news sites yep. all week. Brian Singer is now facing new allegations, surprise, of sex with underage boys. Gosh. This comes from Mediaite. An extensive investigation into the director found four boys, a 13-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 17-year-old, and a 17 or 18-year-old at this point, <laughs> who can tell? Matter. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, who describe point. experiences ranging from misconduct, uh, and as seen as in the latest, I think, Access Entertainment oh, yeah. special, uh, all the way up to rape. While many were initially uncomfortable with the approaches, it was only discovered to be sexual assault when they realized his name was Brian Singer. Singer defended himself in a statement released earlier today claiming, none of my partners were underage. They were all, quote, just right. The sexual misconduct allegations range from uncomfortable to outright sexual assault according to an anonymous source who spoke with Entertainment Access, who's definitely not Terry Crews. He plowed me! <laughs> I, he, look, uh, he looks old. I don't think he's a 17-year-old. No. I just like Brian Singer needs to spend some more time in the X-Men Danger Room, if by Danger Room we mean the prison shower. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that would be a very Xavier just has a head-reading device. Right. I sense... He's being raped, pretty much. <laughs> They're running a train on him. Wait, I heard this on you, TV. You didn't even have the helmet on. I can hear it from the next room. <laughs> yeah. And I think I've talked about this before. Is it, It's shocked and yet not surprised. Hollywood has been spewing yeah. out like some of the most degrading, terrible stuff for decades. And we're surprised that the people that were doing that are now doing those things in real life. I, I, watch Black Panther. I, I don't think we're right surprised. There. We just want an excuse to you know, make, make some Well, every jokes. time it comes yes. on, it seems like they're surprised that Moving like, not on elsewhere in America, commonly <laughs> referred to as Missouri. Too cute Maddie knows that. She makes moonshine and meth. By the way. Uh, police raided a home for meth where they also found a dead bald eagle. Oh my this gosh. is from Huffington Post. The dead bald eagle was found in a freezer in one of the homes, though it's unknown how the dead eagle came to roost there oh. as a suspect was not home during the search. Saddest oh of gosh. all, uh, we may never actually know what the most patriotic rotisserie actually tastes like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a know. sacred bird. You, you, you see, I, I would have gone with beer can board, bold eagle. Beer can yeah, bold like, eagle? Shove a beer can, yep. put it on the smoker four hours over hickory chips. Is it? Actually, it's like a recipe. In the cartoons, were they putting an apple in the mouth on the, the, on the spit, or was yes. it a tomato? I thought it was an apple. Was I don't know apple? why it would be an apple with a pig, though. It doesn't make any sense. Have you ever put an apple in Apple goes pig's good with pork. Yeah, but have you actually put it in a mouth of a pig? Like, I, I, I see people all the time. I have well, friends not... who do wild boar hunts, and yeah. they come back, well, and they've yeah, never well, once yeah. placed an apple in it. Yeah, if, if you're doing a whole I've hog roast, it. it is common to put an apple in the mouth. Really? I think it's just degrading to the hog, but here's here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's already dead. Maybe it doesn't care. You want to rub salt in the wound? Even better. <laughs> yeah. Let's I... stick an apple in his mouth. Make it look like a jackass. Degrading to the hog is actually a couple hours after you eat it. What? But I'm bummed. Wait, hold on a second. Was that a David Hogg joke? I'm confused. Oh, you're about to say well something. So it was the, a poop joke. They go in for 50. Like, I don't understand. There's 58 grams of meth here. There's stolen things. There's a gun. There's a trailer, a horse trailer that this guy stole. And they're like, the, the lead is the bald eagle. By the way, I don't know if you saw this, but recent, like within the last couple of hours uh, or so, HuffPost opinion column, their entire opinion staff fired. Gone. Yeah. Hey, you know, no, what's most interesting to me is they didn't know the details because the suspect was not home during the search. Wait! 
This whole article, by the way, go read it. Like, he wasn't home during this. We, we well, no wait, idea. wait, wait. What, what happened? You found all this drug paraphernalia, weapons, and a dead bald eagle. What? He wasn't home. Wait! <laughs> He'll come back. Just five minutes. And, and There's meth oh, man, there. Five minutes. He wants it. He doesn't get too far away from his meth. Don't yeah, worry. And also, the meth capital of the, of the world is that Missouri or Missouri? I have oh, no idea. Wow. Depends if the girl from that show Ozarks is pronouncing it, in which case she just electrates you on a dock. Uh, finally, in international news, <laughs> last year before we get to the top myths of the government shutdown, uh, a man injected himself. Yeah, okay, if you have kids in the room, this is a true story. So Come a man injected himself with his own semen to oh. treat back pain. Oh. According to the Irish Examiner, the man had a history of chronic <laughs> pain and subsequently admitted he had been injecting himself with his own stuff for a year and a half. As an innovative, he 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 described it as innovative. That's what I love about this yeah. article. Yes, exactly. Listen, innovative. I don't, I don't care what you think. I'm breaking new ground here. Okay. <laughs> Listen, no one thought of this. I guarantee you, no one thought of taking their own <laughs> and putting it in disc C4, C5. It do, it works horribly, oh. but it's mighty creative. <laughs> The man in question claimed, actually, though, that he doesn't regret the decision, though, in retrospect, he would have better prepared for his, quote, back baby. Yeah, it seems like he oh. could have actually uh, done You get out of there, Gillibrand! You get out of there! Back oh babies God. are sacred. sacred! I do not want to see her Precious. Like, here's what I don't understand, because oh I'm starting to deal with some chronic pain, and we talk about the different, like, you know, ouchies no. uh, right. as they go by. Um, diet, exercise, stretching, yoga. How do you skip all those things and go right to shooting yourself up with your own <laughs> Where is that the idea? Listen, no, 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 listen. I know you want to make a mockery of it, okay? But have you tried it? Have any of you actually tried it? This man, he there did it. There you go. Let's, okay, he who has not tried it cast the first uh, semen uh, uh, syringe, 31 gauge syringe, okay? I just wanted to pick a phrase that had as many S's as possible. I don't know what they're doing there. Well, I, he, I honestly... He had an idea, right? Somebody had an idea, right? But here's the thing. He went to the hospital because he was having some back pain issues still, and he was injecting it in his arm. <laughs> he wasn't even injecting it in his back. It, it's, almost, it's almost like it does nothing. <laughs> I'm possibly worse. It was ha he was having a rash and an infection from it, and he declined any treatments oh, but, for it. I mean, to be uh, fair, now my left delta's pregnant as well. <laughs> I mean, to be to be fair, though, it's, it's Ireland, so he was, they're all That's usually true. drunk. Right. Oh, yeah, for, oh it's, it's a terrible stereotype. It sounded like a good idea at the time. I know now that uh, I, I can see looking back where I might have made some errors. Yeah, <laughs> 18 times in a row he made that errors. That being said, thank God for socialized healthcare. Only had to wait 12 hours to deliver my back, baby. Hey, 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 hey. All right. You, you may so, want to lay off the oh proper time. We, we, uh, yes, we do uh, want to talk now about government shutdown. The, uh, yes. so again, how has the government too. shutdown affected you specifically? Because I noticed yeah. there's a big disconnect between how the shutdown has affected actual people right. versus how the media is portraying it. Everyone I talk to about, we'll talk with Andy Kamia about this, they all say, eh, eh, I'm mostly fine unless yeah. you work for the federal government. I get it. I, I do have sympathy. I do have empathy for these people. Not all of them. Not all no. of them. Not the no. lady at the DMV. Um, <laughs> she deserves it, apparently. Put some context here. We're a month into the longest government shutdown in history. So um, what really has been going on? Uh, let, let's, let's just go through the top five lies, I think, that are yeah. important that everyone has been fed and I think they believe. So we've been told, of course, uh, number five, uh, we're going in descending order here. I don't know Okay, yeah. That yeah. just we seems to be pretty common on the internet. One. It's like BuzzFeed. So 32 reasons that kittens are great. Oh boy. And we're supposed to believe you on the Russia leaks. <laughs> so we've been told that Trump's <laughs> wall gone. request is a non-starter. That's what you've been told. Yeah. Because Democrats say that a wall is 
immoral, as you've seen from uh, Joker Pelosi. Fact is, a wall is an immorality. It's not who we are as a nation. Look at the this shaky is not hand. a wall yeah. between Mexico and the United uh, States uh, yeah. that the president is creating. Is she doing sign here. language? It's a no, wall seriously. between reality and his constituents, huh? his supporters. He does not want them to know what he's doing. Someone get that brought some levo dopa. I think she might. I think she. Look at the hands. Like it's, that's it not either. A it's shaky. Or, either or something's going on. It's just from years of disruption. Just yeah. from years of practicing she's evil and being being denied communion. It could be that. But she's she's doing this whole business. <laughs> so what's the truth? Uh, Democrats, by the way, a lot of people don't know this. They've repeatedly voted for a wall. A wall yeah. nearly identical to the one that President Trump is uh, proposing now. Yep. They overwhelmingly uh, voted to, to build a wall in, uh, uh, what, what year was it? I think it was 2013. Um, 2000, I think I 2006 and 2013, yeah. 700 miles of border fencing. Wow. If we want to get into fencing versus, well, no, we, 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 said, we said fence <laughs> and he said wall. Tomato piss off, okay? That's really what we're doing. Yeah, and, but do you ever notice that the, the non-starter seems to be whatever the Republicans want? Because yeah, right. a, a couple of years ago, when it, when it was the Republican House, Republican Senate, it's like, well, you can't pass that bill because Barack Obama won't sign it. Like, fine, let him not sign it. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's kind of funny to me. You have to have like an, a, a ginormous pair of brass balls in this day and age to lie like that. Right. To go out and say that walls are immoral. When we have video evidence of you saying this, Less than five years ago, she right? Okay. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. and it, guess what? The, back in 2013, when they when they voted on it, every single Democrat voted for it, and it was led by none other Chuck Schumer. Yeah. He was the guy that yeah. led the charge. Well, How the, can you? Fence and wall. Actually, when we did the change my mind, if you go and watch it, but almost everybody agrees that we need strong border security. Yes. They just go, oh, I don't really think a wall would work. And you say, Well, what do you think? How about a fence? What? Well, what is happening? What about a drone? What, what about like a chip program that we could inject someone there and somewhere in that somewhere yeah. in that serial number would be 666? You know no, what I'm talking about? The whole point here is that people don't actually have solutions. Like you said, the non-starter, it, 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 the non-starter is always what Republicans want. And they try to act as though this is Donald Trump's shutdown. Well, no, he's actually been willing to compromise a whole lot more than the left. Yeah. It's like, hey, hold on a second. Yeah. I, 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 the wealthy here, if, if you're wealthy, I'm relatively wealthy. I pay half. I pay half. And... The Republicans say, how about, nah, okay, instead of half, maybe you pay, like, slightly less than half. Well, that's, that's, it's a non-starter. <laughs> <laughs> it's immoral. Yeah. Okay? She's doing the two wild and crazy guys thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's a non-starter on the wall. So, uh, a big line number four, we've been told, is that Trump's request for the wall, uh, he, he, the, the funding request is too costly. Right. Again, you see Pelosi <laughs> parroting this claim. The wall is an immorality between countries. It's an old again. way of thinking. It isn't no, cost effective. That being said, a fence <laughs> is a great investment. Can I, can I interest you in making it a part oh of your diversified God. portfolio? Also, lots of botulism. <laughs> the federal budget, keep it, let's try and keep this in context. It's going to be over $4 trillion. Wow. That's a lot. So the cause of this shutdown, it's over a dispute between the $1.3 billion that Democrats have agreed to and the $5.7 billion that Donald Trump wants. That's less than 1% of oh the gosh. total federal budget. That's wow. insane. And when you consider that the research shows the illegal immigrants cost the U.S. taxpayer, that means you, not all of you, a lot of you are in college. I appreciate your viewership, but you're what we call losers. <laughs> yet $116 billion a year. Wow. That, that's quite a lot. Four billion is not that expensive to fix it. It's really not hard to do that no. math.
No. Yeah, and also, if this is too costly, when it comes time to hear about Bernie and Cortez's Green New Deal. <laughs> okay, if, if this it. is too costly, they can take that green, green New Deal, shine it up real nice, like turn it sideways and shove it somewhere. I just, well, it, imagine what that dinner is like. Like global warming, you said we can't afford it, it's gonna kill us in a hundred in, in less than 12 years. Good, good enough for me! It's hard to argue with your logic! I believe it's sound! Yeah. I'll have the lobster roll! <laughs> Liberals are also really bad at math, apparently. Yes. Because if you're going to tell me that I have to spend 5 or $6 billion, I have $112 billion that I can save every year from here until eternity afterwards for 5 or $6 billion? Yeah. That's a great deal. That's Everybody deal. should be jumping at it's that like deal. It's like putting insulation in your yes. house. Yes, That's exactly. their sales pitch. Well, it's going to cost you more up front, and then you're going to save money after the first three yeah. years and every yeah. year thereafter. Pays oh, great. So we can keep out the Honduran caravans. That's what I've been trying to tell you. You just yeah. got to foam the attic. By the <laughs> way, do a lot with hit the notification bell. Let me, let me talk here. Hit the notification bell if you're subscribed uh, because subscriptions don't really mean a whole lot and you might not actually see this in That's your true. subscription box. Of course, join Mug Club. $99 for uh, everyone who's not a student veteran military. You're only $69. And subscribe on iTunes and rate us there because yes. uh, a lot of people are on the road and say, I wish there were an audio version. Yeah. If you're Mug Club, you always get audio version. If you're not, you can do iTunes every Thursday. Uh, okay. Big myth number three. This is the big one that everyone has been using to try and lay this at the feet of President right. Trump and Republicans, that Donald Trump is completely unwilling to compromise. Uh, you know, you, you call it the Trump shutdown, but I mean, it takes two to tango. Okay, but this is not a tango. Trump is the only one dancing. And judging from how is he moves humor? his hands, he's doing some off-brand version of the Macarena. And uh -huh. judging by this late night program, whoever's teaching him dancing <laughs> lessons is the sole writer on your staff. <laughs> it is amazing. It's, just, this it's is, about ready to go yeah. off the it's, air. Okay? This is the point when politics, when politics trumps comedy. And people say, well, you kind of do a political show. Listen, if you watch this, we, we have been brutal on some people yes. on the right. And mm -hmm. by the way, last week, this week, I called President Trump a dick. Yeah. And he is. <laughs> On air. He can be a dick and be right. But Seth Meyers is incapable of objectively looking at comedy. So here's actually something that people need to know while we're talking about this life. Trump is surprisingly willing to compromise. Yes. So he's been proposing extending DACA in exchange for funding for mm -hmm. the wall. It's, by the way, not the only time he's been open to negotiating. He surprised a lot of people with his openness to compromise over gun control. By the yeah. way, Ooh. wasn't really happy about no. that. <laughs> a lot of people were not happy about <laughs> that. Um, it's, it's not a point in his favor because a lot of his base, they don't want DACA. And I understand when you're talking about extending DACA, this is something that was an executive order when you look at it from Obama. And I understand that because it was an executive order, now we're talking about dealing with this as an executive order thereafter. But I'm not a huge fan of it. But uh, that being said, the idea that he's not the one who's willing to compromise couldn't be further from the truth. Democrats are completely failing to meet the guy in any negotiations, right? The media is hell-bent on showing him as this guy who just wants yeah. to fund the wall. Does He's an he's a negotiator. People make fun of him like he thinks he can negotiate everything. <laughs> well, the like his job. It is a challenge. To negotiate with Nancy Pelosi, A, because yes. she's a crazy person, B, she's hard of hearing, and C, <laughs> no, you know what, let's not even go to C, how is she speaker? How oh, did man, this happen? I know, I know. It's like, did she hold a small child hostage? Like, ha, 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 you knew you'd see me again? It's the reboot. How is she here? No one likes her. She's the bad villain from that movie you just will never see. Is there anything else? Is there, you, you look like you're going. No, Brodigan's just drunk. All right. The point is, even, even when yeah. he's flexible, as you see right now, the media they paint him as this completely oh unbending tyrant, and and that's something that I, I think is really important for people to note. Look at the policies yeah. here. Look who's more reasonable. 
he wants a wall that they already wanted. It's just like yeah. a kid. You're doing reverse psychology. Only Donald Trump doesn't understand that they will say the opposite <laughs> of everything he does. Like, he doesn't understand how reverse psychology works. Yeah. He's like, you want a fence? Uh-huh. Okay, I'll give you a wall. No! What? What the hell's happening here? You just said you wanted it. I'm terribly confused. No, now I don't want it. Because you want it. They are just spoiled brats. Well, and every time the left wants to talk about this right now in the media, they say, open up the government and then we will negotiate. That is that is the dumbest thing that I've heard because it's a complete lie. If they open no. up the government, they lose all leverage that they have right now to get them to actually move on something. But it's right. All, right. Democrats aren't going to bring this up at all, period. Not at all. Yeah. Dumb. No, it's, no, it's, all, it's also the same people that always bring up, well, Ronald Reagan passed uh, immigration laws. Like, yeah. Right. And that's the specific he law. He fell for it, too. After... He never got the wall, and he never got border security funding that right. conservatives lawyers point. point to see. We tried doing this in the 80s. Right. We screwed us. F you. And look at what happened, <laughs> look what happened with Barack Obama. Remember, it was yeah. uh, Marco Rubio was kind of the ambassador of that bill. Right. He said, I will sign yeah. anything on my desk tomorrow. And, uh, and there was something, and he, he didn't. No. That's what we call a lie. By the way, yeah. here's something else, another lie that you've been told. I think this is the second biggest lie, that uh, there is no actual, this is to try and discredit what Trump says. He's like, right. there's a crisis at the border. And so what does the media say? No, there is no crisis at the border. Yes, you can see through these slats oh, to geez. the uh, other side of the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, but as we're walking along here, we're not seeing any kind of uh, imminent danger. There are no migrants trying because to there's a uh, rush toward this fence. <laughs> There's a wall. <laughs> By the way, the wall is working. We've covered how illegal immigrants commit disproportionately more crime. And people try to cite uh, this study. They go, actually, immigrants commit less crime. Well, that study includes legal immigrants, dummy. Right. That's the big bait and switch that nobody talks yes. about. It's really hard to know how much crime is committed by illegal immigrants because they're here illegally. But guess what? Every single crime that's committed by an Ill illegal immigrant is one committed by somebody who had no business being here in the first place. Ergo, we have more crime because they're here. Okay? <laughs> yes. Here's the irony. The same day Acosta posted that clip, right? Yeah. They found 21 burned corpses <laughs> in a oh border gosh. town not far from where he did that selfie oh, video. You say that's gosh. a problem. And, uh, and not to mention the majority of the people who claim there's no crisis at the border um, live far away from the border, have no intention of even going into right. Texas, let alone at the border. Right. No. The only way Acosta could have more lack of self-awareness is if while he was filming it, there was a head on a turtle yeah. behind him. <laughs> and even then, he'd be like, look, oh, the wildlife here is threatened. Do you want to disrupt their migratory patterns? I didn't think so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, look, if you truly care about immigrants, right, and you said it just a minute ago, they lump illegal and legal immigrants together. If you truly care about people coming to this country and not being taken advantage of, you do not want them coming here illegally. They don't report crime. They get taken advantage of by everyone. Employers, a lot of times, unscrupulous will pay them half of what they're supposed to be paid. Who are they going to tell? They're here right. illegally. They can't go to the, the authorities. They just get taken That's advantage That's what of. I find so funny, by the way, is when these socialists, the Cortezes of the world, go, well, hold on a second. These people are willing to do jobs that Americans won't do for far less money. Oh, way to support the giant corporations. Yes, you screw exactly. the working man, <laughs> dummy. And you wonder why exactly. Trump won the Midwest. Yeah. Because you're sitting there going, look, look, you stupid Pennsylvanians and Michiganders. These people are picking lettuce. You would never do this, you lazy pieces of shit. Vote Hillary. <laughs> You couldn't be more out of touch. Okay, when people say, we sat there and changed their mind, they said, well, who, do, well, who does it hurt? Okay, I'll give you a couple of reasons. It hurts yeah. the American worker, it hurts yeah. the American taxpayer, and it hurts people because there's more crime. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, it hurts legal immigrants because they're waiting in the queue and it gets longer and longer and longer. Yes. So, there you go. It's a victimless crime. No, it's, it's not. Everybody no, gets hurt. I'll agree to disagree. No. <laughs> and here's the final big myth, of course, and it's not necessarily a, a myth as far as they've been parroting like the others that could be verifiably false statistics. Yeah. This is, as the girl said, it changed my mind this week, as you saw. They're, they're trying to control the narrative. Her words, not mine. The narrative here yeah. is, uh, of course, the shutdown is really about 
good morality versus racism. The shutdown is kind of a symptom of something larger. The wall is a campaign promise the president made to play on something very deeply held that his political base What's feels. Going on and if you want to look for an image that actually <laughs> yeah, right? speaks to this, speaks to this. It's probably those protesters who were on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, the Native American man who was beating the drum, Nathan Phillips, and those Come kids on. in the Make America Great Again hats that were kind of smirking at him. It's, it's like he said, give me the Mr. T, but not quite. To me, that is the real <laughs> image. That is the real emblem of this. This is about xenophobia. For many Americans, this is about race. How okay, do you go first on TV thing, like Brian, that? look at me. First thing, he just he wants to go off because of the bourbon in there. The first thing <laughs> that we need to address here is they weren't looking down their noses at the Native American. No. They were staring into the toothless meth mouth abyss. <laughs> Probably getting a contact high. And it's just so funny. This is emblematic to me of America. That's what they wanted to do. Yeah. The left wants to make you somebody who speaks for everyone else. And if yeah. you're not a villain, they're just going to try and vilify you. By the way, it was completely fabricated. Nathan Phil, because when I think of a Native American elder, I think of a man named Nathan yes. <laughs> Phillips. Phillips, yes, exactly. That's like right. the name of a runner-up on American Idol, like Nathan Aww. Phillips or on Maury. You are not the father. Oh, drats. <laughs> the best runner-up to be. Sleeping Bear told me a fib. <laughs> the chanting, the chanting, build the wall never happened. They no. want so desperately to set this narrative of moral versus evil that they're willing to lie about it. We've already covered that. Yeah, yeah and, and one of the things we can, if we take care of this border situation, you can take care of some really bad things, right? He's talking about people being worried about race and, and being worried about the, those things are important, but human trafficking, drugs being imported, gangs, terrorists yeah. coming through a border, turtles on heads. All, yeah. None of these. So here's the thing. Canada? None of these things are coming from Canada. If they were, we'd be building a wall there. They're all coming from our southern border. So right. why in the world are we not doing something to help? And by the way, this is not something where you ask for a show of hands. The average American cannot possibly have enough information to no. make a very informed opinion about this and say, yes, a wall would work. No, it wouldn't. Ask people in Border Patrol. They say a wall helps. Right. Because it helps us find where they're coming, and then it helps our response time because a wall slows them down. Or ask the mother who had a child who was killed or yeah, uh, yeah. a child who was raped on the border. Have you, have you guys been to El Paso? Mm -hmm. Have you been to El Paso? Has anyone yeah. been out there? Have you yeah. seen the bars on the windows? Very fast. It's unbelievable. If you, it, listen, uh, anyway, I don't even want to get into this. It, <laughs> well, it does, here's the thing. It does beg the question. We're going to close this. We have Anthony Cumia coming up yeah. after the break. It begs the question, um, and I don't want to be Jesse Ventura where all we do is, I'm just asking questions, right, or John Oliver. So let's actually try and get to the root cause of this. When it's less than 1% of the federal budget, and these same Democrats have voted for a wall many times without issue, why? Why are they so suddenly hell-bent on there not being a wall? Why are they willing to shut down the government over it, right? Who are they actually holding hostage? This is important. You. When people say, they're holding dreamers hostage. Yeah. No, who's being held hostage? You. And why? For a voting base. Here's yep. exactly why. The statistics show this. Illegal immigrants, people who come here illegally, favor Democrats time and time again. They receive benefits at a greater rate than native-born populations, okay? And they will continue to vote Democrat because they'll continue to receive those benefits. Yeah. In the past, Democrats always assumed that amnesty was on the table and that there was some kind of flexibility, also that they were winning. Now that they're losing, they're desperate for more vo voters. This is about bringing in a voting base. It's about people who are here illegally, making sure that they have a path to citizenship so that they can vote, and not closing the border so that more of these people can come in and vote. 
overwhelmingly Democrat, overwhelmingly suckle up the government teeth. It's just like the kid in the school cafeteria promising that if you vote for him for class president, he's gonna give you free ice cream sandwiches. That's yep. it. People think, why is this happening? Yep. That's exactly it. They want more people here to vote for them. And they're holding you hostage to make your vote irrelevant for the rest of the United States history. That's what this is about. Bring in people who have no business being here in the first place. I'm not talking about legal immigrants. I think that we've clarified that ad nauseum. Huge difference between legal immigrants and illegal immigrants. Legalize all the people who broke the law to get here and screwed all the people who were in the queue to get here legally. Legalize all these folks, make sure they can vote. By the way, don't close up the holes so that we can ensure more people come in who will vote for us. Promise them free shit and make sure that the people have been paying taxes for their entire lives who overwhelmingly vote, by the way, the working class now for Republicans, that their vote doesn't matter anymore. This is all about holding you hostage. Anthony Cumia after the break. There you go, there you go. Not just questions, but some answers. Truth. Yeah. thinking, did he fire 14 rounds or 15? That's erroneous as my new all-steel PPQ-5 match has a 17-round magazine, plus one in the chamber. With the best ergonomics in the business, I'm capable of putting a shot right between your eyes at 40 yards away. So you have to ask yourself one question. Do you feel lucky? Well, do ya? Punk. Louder with Crowder Studios, protected exclusively by Walther. This is Vision Quest with wise elder Nathan Phillips. Me. It is commonly said among the modern man that war is hell, bringing even the strongest to his knees and the brink of exhaustion. So I didn't go. This has been Vision Quest with wise elder Nathan Phillips. Me. Sponsored by Mug Club. You know, I'm hearing this song for the first time. Is he saying that you're an Eminem? Yes, he is. That's very, that doesn't, uh, lyrics have come a long way, I guess. I don't know, along, <laughs> with, along with band names. I heard a band called Dear Tick the other day. At Dear what point Tick. do you just say, call us whatever you want? We really run have run out of, out of ideas. Our next guest, I'm thrilled to have him on the show. First guest back, Jordan Peterson. We're really happy. Yeah. And uh, we haven't had this man on here in a while. Of course, you know his show on uh, Compound Media, The Anthony Kumia Show. You can follow him on on, tw on the Twitter, at the. Kumia, do I have it right? The Kumia Show. I don't know because he's constantly getting banned. His book, apparently, while we were gone, was banned from, from uh, 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 where was it banned? I get banned from everything. I, I, I'm not on Twitter anymore, but uh, my, my compound media is and the Kumia okay. Show is. Uh, but I don't run those things. I, I'm not responsible enough to uh, post nice enough things on, on Twitter. <laughs> so I'm constantly being banned from social media. Hence the title of the book, Permanently Suspended. Yes. No, no, but so, okay, that's what I might have had. The book is not actually permanently suspended. This is where the, uh, 
the, the comedy comes into play, correct? You're right. It's <laughs> permanently suspended. Uh, it's it's pretty much the story of uh, early, my early kind of life out in California with my maniacal father uh, having fun with guns and doom buggies and uh, sex. And uh, and then uh, coming out to New York and getting in, into, into the uh, broadcasting business uh, up in Boston and back in New York. Uh, it's a fun uh, read. To be clear, you're having fun with your father with guns and dune buggies, but not sex with your father. No, no. Although okay. my dad did hook me up with uh, a girl, a 19-year-old girl, when I was uh, 13. And uh, uh, that was, uh, I said, uh, adios to my virginity uh, back then in the, in the uh, it was different times in yeah, the 70s. Yeah, sounds like the charmer. Uh, let me, <laughs> I cannot imagine that at PTA. I found them. Yeah. Behind the F block, and they were, oh, yeah, I set that up. You like that, what I did there, huh? <laughs> so this book came out while we were we were on hiatus. Tell us a little bit. Well, I, I know you just mentioned this. Is it sort of autobiographical, or is it like Alice Cooper's autobiography, where it's one chapter, autobiography, the next chapter, golf tips? Which is really weird, yeah. No, it's not like that. It's, it's a little autobiographical in that uh, I do cover a little bit of my youth. I don't go through the whole thing. Uh, but I cover some things that kind of give a little more insight on why I'm the way I am now. Mm -hmm. uh, just craving attention and uh, trying to diffuse any uncomfortable situation with humor. Uh, that's that's pretty much uh, what I cover in there. But then most of it is about the Opie and Anthony show and my relationship with uh, Opie, my on-air partner for 20 years, uh, which ended, uh, you know, disastrously in uh, 2014. I think it would be uh, fair yeah. to say that. Yeah, yeah. But you've done really well for yourself. But I remember when that happened, I was going, man, this is, it was kind of at the beginning. Remember back then, the outrage oh, yeah. cycle wasn't the same as it was now. You were kind of one of the first public hangings with that. Yeah, I, I really, uh, that's what it was. I didn't expect it to happen. Uh, it was, uh, I, I tweeted something about, I was assaulted in Times Square right. by a woman of color. And uh, I commented about it on Twitter. And I gave a little social commentary uh, about the situation when I also talked about my assault. Uh, that got me in trouble with the people at Sirius Satellite Radio, and they uh, fired me for it. Right. So, yeah, it was right at the the beginning of this whole outrage thing, this uh, false outrage thing. So, uh, yeah, I was one of the early veterans of that, and I was able to build this up uh, from that, starting in my basement with a studio I had built years prior because I, I always loved the uh, medium I right. liked being able to have video and show clips and just kind of get on the uh, get on the air uh, on the internet when when I was uh, when some news story would happen and uh, thank God I had that it was like a lifeboat when I got fired because when you get fired for things like that no one wants to touch you oh. so we started this whole thing and then it just kind of evolved with other personalities that do shows here that also kind of fit that mold of. Uh, un unhirable, yeah. undesirable, <laughs> yes. whatever it would be. Well, I, I, first off, I think you're the only person to get mugged in Times Square in the last two decades. I don't know how that happens right next to the, the Olive Garden and the M&M shop. Right, he's, right. he's walking around the M&M shop. Uh, I was mugged by Elmo. <laughs> yes, you were mugged by Elmo and the TKTS stand. And I remember when I heard about it, I was remember talking with a friend, and they, they told me this story. I said, wait, you mean? Like Opie and Anthony, Anthony, he's, he's, a, he's a shock jock. They, they wouldn't fire him for, what, what are you talking? I, I didn't believe it until I read up on the story. So that was early on. It was very surprising. It would be like hearing that Howard Stern had been fired because, you know, he talked ill. He spoke ill of a stripper, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, I, I didn't say, I didn't even tweet anything close 
to uh, 99% of what I was saying on their airwaves, on Satellite Radio's airwaves, for a decade. Like, like it, 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 go back to some of my shows. Oh, my right. God, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> and, and, and the tweets, there was really nothing. They were very innocent. And, you know, like I said, a little too much social commentary. And, and uh, people didn't want to hear it. And, again, that false outrage snowballs once the media gets a hold of it. And, uh, you know, they they have the power to put you under. Again, the book is permanently suspended. It's available on Amazon and uh, wherever a Barnes & Noble still exists. The one near where I live <laughs> is now a Barnes & Noble cafe. So they don't even sell right. books. Yeah. I, it's like, just at this point, just call it cafe. Just ditch the Barnes <laughs> and the Nobles at this point. But, um, yeah, I think uh, it really is interesting to, to, to kind of see the evolution because I remember satellite radio. They were saying, well, now it's not going to have the commercials. You completely unedited, uncensored, you can say whatever you want. And then sure yeah. enough, that's not what happened. That changed. And then it, people sort of said, well, online, people can do and say whatever they want with podcasts. And now that's not really the case, as you see with deplatforming, with iTunes and with YouTube. So it seems like when people think there's going to be this completely free and open medium, we see this natural evolution. We were just talking about this before the break. Yeah. I think that's why you had the foresight to do a subscription model like we did as opposed to, to being on Patreon where, again, it's supposed to be free and open and we see that it's not. I, I've called it uh, having a piano over your head strung by a little wire, and that is the powers that be that could cut it at any moment. There's always someone you have to go to to deliver your your uh, show to the people. Right. There's always some channel. And I love when you hear, you know, well, make your own platform. Do that. Go out on the poles and string your own fiber optic cable and make a cable company. <laughs> like, there, there's certain things you just can't independently do. Right. So... Uh, you, you, you have to take as many people out of the mix as possible. So going to subscriber-based worked well for me because I had already had a very popular show, so I had a base of people that were willing to subscribe. It's not like any Tom, Dick, or Harry can get out there and make a subscriber-based show. Hey! But, you know, yeah, <laughs> yes, well, we're doing all right. One of the few, the proud. I think we. Re I think this really is the only show that came up this way. And and yeah. kind of to your point, we said we're going to use the the paywall model. I think I think now they're calling it over the top. That didn't exist when we started. They're like over the top content. I'm like, are you talking over about that? Talking about that <laughs> arm wrestling movie? What are we? <laughs> but that's what they call it now, OTT. But this pay mug club for us, we said we're not going to remove free content. We're going to create more premium content and still use YouTube and social media granted right. for as long as we can before we're banned to build it up. But you, yeah, you already had a serious following and that show was huge. Yeah, that was, uh, that's why the model worked so well for us. And, uh, like I said, take as many people out of the mix. Uh, you can be deplatformed. We've seen it happen with Alex Jones and uh, Laura Loomer and stuff. They just you disappear. Gavin McInnes, who is uh, uh, just an awesome guy, a great friend of mine. Yeah. And uh, I love him as a person and as a, a personality who was uh, like one of the victims of his own talent. He's he's one of the greatest satirical comedians I've ever seen. And too many people that get outraged didn't get his joke. Didn't right. get the joke. He was literally Hitler. And he's like, I, he comes to parties at my house. He's got his family, his beautiful wife and kids. And he's the nicest guy. And he's painted as literally Hitler because of the, the bull outrage that goes on now. Right. Yeah. I, I still, when people said Gavin got in trouble for his antics, I said, which one? 
You know, I mean, it's it's take your pick. Yeah. We would we would get on and do these uh, these French Canadian characters, and he would do a Scottish character, and we would. I think I don't know if he was here in studio. I think I was in New York. It made other people uncomfortable because we were being yes. brutal with each other. And he doesn't break character, and the Jean no, Guitry doesn't no. break character, and people go, "Oh, is this is this something we need to separate?" And afterwards, like, "No, no, don't keep rolling. Yeah. That is the show." And That's he's one the of the show. few people who who gets it, and not in a self-important way, like kind of a lot of these sort of Andy Kaufman hipsters. Like, it still right. has to be. Fun. Funny with Gavin. Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, comedy is suffering uh, like I've never seen it suffer before uh, because comedians are petrified to do their act. Mm -hmm. And these uh, social justice warriors or whatever you want to call them are out there just looking. They're searching like a, a, a German wolf pack of submarines looking for a target to then tape and take out of context and, and take without the context of comedy and just bury them. Right. Uh, we see it with Louis C.K. Of course, look, Louis got some sexual uh, uh, proclivities uh, that, that seem a little odd to, to some people. I don't care. Right. Uh, but you cannot deny the guy is funny. These same people that want him crucified were calling him a genius a couple of years ago. And he just wants to get back into the game. Right. There are people that don't want you to have a career. They right. don't want you to do what you enjoy and are very good at doing because they are outraged at some inane moronic thing that didn't happen to them. It's it's true. It doesn't matter who you are. No one is safe because if there isn't somebody who acts up, maybe in a couple of months they go, ah, what about that kid in the red hat who smiled at the toothless Indian meth head? Can we be mad at him? It's literally a kid. When I watched it, I, people, people were praising me for going, you didn't jump the gun, thanks. I said, no, you know why? Because I watched the original clip and I said, who cares? Like, it's just, it just doesn't, right. I, I wasn't on the out, outrage machine from the right. Some conservatives were like, oh, I can't believe it. There's, no, he wasn't being assaulted. He was sitting there smiling while this guy offbeat, hey, 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 hey. he just came back from his opium quest. And I don't care if I get in trouble, like, oh, he's a vet veteran, apparently, I don't know this for sure. Apparently he was a refrigerator repairman and he went right, wall yeah. twice. Allegedly. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're right. They are looking just for our, hey, by the way, uh, while we're talking about this, uh, how affected have you been by the government shutdown? We're asking everyone today. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we're on backup power here in New York City. Uh, <laughs> it's like Armageddon. I, swear, I don't even have to play video games out there because it's just a post-apocalyptic uh, nightmare out there. Yeah. No, uh, I haven't been affected whatsoever by it. Uh, and I know the employees that aren't getting a paycheck, they are affected. Sure. Uh, if you take the emotion out of it and go pure numbers, uh, the amount of jobs Trump has uh, put back into this country far outweigh the uh, the amount of people that are put out of work by the uh, shutdown. That's, That's a math thing, not an emotional thing. So calm the f down, because uh, <laughs> because people will be like, he doesn't care. He doesn't care about the workers. I, you know what? Yeah. I, I know you do. I I'm fine with it. It's one of those things. I'm like, listen, I, I not all. I, I think it's 800 something thousand. Let's be honest. Maybe 400 thousand. Like. We could probably make them part-time anyway. This is just a good time for, not all of them. Anthony didn't say it, by the way. He didn't say it in Times Square. I'm saying it. Um, I, for, me, for me, I really noticed, I noticed, I felt the, the sting. Um, and I recognized my, my privilege when uh, my Amazon Prime order was going to be half a day late. And I was, oh my what God. is happening here? The post office can't pick up the slack. Um, you look at your phone and go, but you said, yeah. you said no. <laughs> this is tr that oh, being said, let's privilege. be honest. It is infuriating when you're expecting a package and someone just oh. screws it up with Amazon and you call them.
called him like, well, we can send another one out tomorrow. I just, I needed it for today. It doesn't help. It really is. I remember uh, when I was growing up, uh, that was way, way back when, kids, uh, when I was growing up. Uh, if you got a package, it was a, an event at your house. Right. If a package showed up now on a daily basis, I'm trying to unlock my door, just kicking smiley boxes <laughs> all over my stoop. It, like, what do I need so much stuff for now to be delivered when, you know, it was something I sent for from a cereal box when I was a kid. And I, I'd, I'd wait for a six to eight weeks for a delivery of a Tony Tiger thing that swam in the bathtub or something. <laughs> it was a big event. And now on a daily basis, you're, you're greeted at your door by boxes smiling at you. I, I, blame the recommend, I blame the recommendations. And especially because we purchase you know, props and wardrobe for the show. We do a lot of sketches. I get I recommendations that don't even make sense. And I say, <laughs> yeah, I, I need that. <laughs> Yeah. That's that's how my mother ends up with, I swear to you, a purple ball gag in her cart. And she's, what this was shipped at my house? Why did that happen, Steven? She's French-Canadian. Yeah. There are boxes that just sit on my table or desk and, like, they're unopened. Right. Like, did I really need it if I don't even know what the hell is in it? <laughs> Everyone has turned into one of those maniacal OCD shopper women. Right. It's true. Yeah. And you used to just avoid them in the mall when they were walking with the hand weights. Now we are right. all the mall walkers. We're all now mall walkers in our own home. Let me ask you this. Uh, we, we, we don't have a ton of time. So you, you do your, your show. You have Compound Media. You have this book that's uh, that's out now. How do you balance kind of the, the work-life, personal life, especially as more of a caustic figure, the stress in the job? And, and you talked about kind of when you were a kid. If you could go back in time and talk to your teenage self, what would you tell him? What would be the, the single most important piece of advice outside of, listen, there's a government shutdown looming? Oh, my God. Uh, first thing, I would just make sure I get out. Buy Amazon. That would be my first thing. A-M-Z-N. You'll understand it in the future. Right. Uh, no, I, I think um, I, I don't know if I would have any advice. I kind of like the direction my life took. Obviously, I've made some uh, major mistakes before and after getting into broadcasting, but I do kind of like the direction it took. I've always used humor and, and satire to diffuse situations, so uh, that's worked well for me over the years. Uh, the the separation of, of life and this kind of life, people really get this misconception that you're you're not putting on an act for for the most part, no. but you're not this person 24 hours a day. You'd burn out in a second and people would just beat the crap out of you in stores if you were this obnoxious constantly. Uh, I but, have but been beaten up in a store. Thanks for bringing up a sore <laughs> See, spot. Okay. Yeah. See, prime example. Uh, but but getting the show out of my basement was a good thing. You know, when I'd be sitting on my couch at 11 p.m. and Gavin would come walking up the stairs just completing his show uh, and we'd talk about stuff at 11 at night. I was I kind of needed a private life when yeah. the Legion of Skanks, they do their show. They did it from my basement and they literally brought their Legion of Skanks to my house like right. fans. And then they'd be in my pool. And I'm like, yeah, maybe I ought to get a studio in New York City. Yeah. Uh, so we did that. Uh, and separating it is, is kind of easy. I'm constantly on the search for material. I'm always going through social media and news sites and whatnot for the next day's show. Um, but for the most part, I calm down. I play a lot of video games at home. I love, you know, doing that and uh, getting out with friends. We went out last night with the staff here and stuff from uh, 
from compound and just having a good time and like blowing off steam is really important. Yeah, in this, I, uh, business. I agree. And I've been kind of learning that here more recently as I've had to learn to take time for myself. But you uh, go. I will say At this. The first time you were on this show, we had had Nick DiPaolo on not that long before. <laughs> and I remember talking about stand-up and the state of stand-up. And I remember Nick and even Jim Norton saying, well, you know what? I, I understand what you're talking about with the colleges. I don't think it's going to hit the clubs. And all oh, of them oh, now oh. are coming back. You were the only one who said, this is coming everywhere. All of them have since revisited the show, you know, two, three years later and said, you guys were right. This is exactly what's happening. There's no safe yeah. haven anymore for comedians. Final question. I know you're a gun guy, right? And I know you have a Walther PPK. Yes. Um, I love, is love it a, the Walther. It is, Beautiful. Is it a Smith & Wesson uh, licensed Walther PPK? Do you know? Or is it Inner Arms? Uh no, it's not the Smith and Wesson. Uh, Smith and Wesson. Okay, because you know they they licensed it for a while, and I wanted to say this: if if you're in New York, I don't know what the laws are. Walther just started actually manufacturing them again in house. Awesome. And they were gone for a while. I have a Smith and Wesson license one. I know I'll get in trouble. It jammed all the time. Could never use any hollow points. So it might. I know you're a big fan of the firearm. Maybe we can get you one out there in New York. And uh, the fit and finish oh, on it yeah. is so much yeah. nicer than it's coming out of Walther's actual plant these days. Let me tell you about uh, New York uh, gun laws. Yeah. Uh, I think the only way you could get a pistol in New York now is if you're an abortion doctor and want to kill a nun. <laughs> That's pretty much the only way they'll allow you to have a gun in New York. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I'm sure there were. I'm sure there's some leftover people from the SS at Walther. You know, we're still in the back room. We're like, that sounds like a plan. Um, all right. The book is permanently suspended. I want to make sure I got this right. Not at, to be confused with actually being permanently suspended. Amazon, yeah. Barnes & Noble, and, of course, Compound Media, the show, I think. Is, is it 4 to 6 Eastern? 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time uh, on compoundmedia.com, yeah. And we got shows all day long uh, also. Really good, uh, funny personalities and, um, you know, it's it's a great open free platform where people can actually express themselves. There are now. great shows, but of course you are the king over there. And hopefully soon oh, we'll cool. get you in studio. If we can't get the, the the firearm to you in New York, we'll go to the shooting range and we'll do a video on it. I think you're gonna love these these new PPKs. I would love it. I would love it. Thank you, Mr. Kamiya. We'll be back. Open your mind. Let us begin our quest to find a new sound. Where you go for news. The largest online news show in the world. Real talk, real facts. Hosted by Anna Kasparian and Shank Week. The Young Turks. Live on weekdays, 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern. If you're not tuning in, you're missing out. Live Read of the Week time. Always super grateful to our sponsors. Of course, the main way you can support the show is joining at loudwithcrowder.com slash mug club. Uh, that's how you prevent the shadow banning because we don't know when that's going to happen. But we really do have great sponsors with the show because the products kind of sell themselves. Like Walther Firearms, we just tell you, go, try it. Go to the range. Let us know what you think. That's how you support us. The most recent, though, I'm excited about is because I, I actually have been using them for a while, Liberty Health Share. I know a lot of you out there, uh, and we've gotten a few emails about this, think that you can't afford health insurance, especially with the skyrocketing premiums, deductibles after Obamacare. I know that as a business owner, mine shot up. But because Liberty isn't classically an insurance company, they're a health sharing company, you can get unbelievable coverage starting at $1.99 a month per person. If you go to uh, SaveWithLiberty.com, I should plug them there. My wife and I pay, I think, $2.99 a month. And for those of you with big families, no matter how big the family, $529 a month, it, the care is amazing. That's the big difference. My, my dad went through some serious melanoma. As those of you who submitted jokes to the great cancer joke off we hosted on the show might remember, he was in surgery, had Liberty Health Share. The next business day, with a doctor of his choosing and got completely taken care of, 
And that's the thing, it's a lot more than a bumper sticker. You actually have the liberty of choosing your own doctor, the liberty of choosing your own hospital, the liberty of taking control of your health care, how you need it. Just do me a favor, check out the plans at SaveWithLiberty.com, compare it with what's out there, compare it with what you have, and if it's better, support the show and save yourself some money. SaveWithLiberty.com. was the poor shoulder mobility drowning dance for people who, I can't uh, stop not who didn't know holding my breath I know people just hold their breath that's also because um you have a lower IQ that's yeah, true unlike myself I, I have the best IQ frankly people <laughs> tell me what a great IQ I have uh one thing I want thank you so much to Anthony Kumia. yeah uh, very glad that he's been on the show uh we are going to have I think on Monday actually Ooh. Abby Johnson long form interview yes. former director of Planned Parenthood we have Nigel Farage coming up Daniel Cormier some big undercover videos incredibly grateful gonna be a good uh, gonna be a good uh, gonna good a couple week. of months so uh want to talk about a couple things here you know, I think it's important to, we live in a culture that wants to use this term haters a lot. Oh, he's just a hater. Right? Well, what is a hater? The word's often used, like, by rap artists or Instagram butt celebrities to simply describe people who disagree with them. But what makes someone, uh, I guess this term, a hater? Is any critic of you a hater? If you just toss them out as a hater, does that put you in an echo chamber devoid of any truth? And the truth lies somewhere in the middle, and I think it's very important. It's an important tool for people to be able to decipher between valid criticism and hate, particularly in the era of social media. Um, probably one of the most important tools in the longevity and mental stability toolbox, I would say, in the era of social media. The difference, I would say, between being a hater, and I think this matters to everyone out there, even if you're not somebody who's on social media or doesn't have any level of, of celebrity, it's, it's important to be able to surround yourself with people who you trust and not dismiss everyone as a hater. Don't just hate that term. They just hate. Well, no, that's not exactly what's going on. The difference between a hater and valid criticism is like most things we discuss on this show. The difference is truth. It, it's simple, but it's, it's easier simply said in a soundbite than explained. I understand, listen, that rumor mills circulate. For example, let me clarify something. I don't work for Glenn Beck. I have never worked for Glenn Beck. This show is not paid for at all by Glenn Beck. Mug Club is a completely independent entity, okay, which in the spirit of adding more value to you, we allow it to be packaged with more content so that you aren't uh, forcing us to be beholden to Patreon or YouTube. Okay, that's the truth. The, the hope we've clarified for people who choose to be upset about something that isn't real, enjoy Colbert, those <laughs> folks would be haters. Now, if someone w would say, and we've received mail uh, to this degree, saying, it says, um, you know, I really don't like that you do the change my mind format instead of a normal show so often these days. I, I think that's a departure from what you used to do, and, and I, I'm not a huge... That's a valid criticism because it's truthful. We do often perform long-form change my minds in place of a normal show, which we never used to do. Why? Because we can't do both. And it's a segment that is most requested from you, the fans. 
but not everyone feels that way. So even there, with completely valid criticism, not a hater at all, it doesn't mean that I have to agree with it. But the person delivering it certainly doesn't need to be dismissed as, yo, just a hater, and then here's my butt twerking. Let me explain to you something else. I, I really never wanted to have to address this, um, but some people have asked. Oh, Owen Benjamin. Owen Benjamin, you know him, you love him, he's been on the show, he's a dear friend of mine. Um, a lot of people have been asking what's going on. I, I, I don't know. And let me tell you this. Owen doesn't respond to phone calls from me, from Johnny Boy, a good friend of mine, a good friend of his. Uh, Darren, my father, who he is close with and respects, nothing. We have real concern for him. We, we, we love Owen. Some of the, most, the greatest times I've had would be me and Owen sitting watching Steven Seagal films riffing. But no calls, no answers to texts that, hey, we're calling, and a voicemail that is permanently full. But then he gets bold and, and, and shoots you guys straight on a, on a live stream and have the call logs to prove it. And by the way, it has, I want to make sure this is really clear. Owen was never let go from this show. Owen could still write for this show, and I, I, I love Owen. Owen's a brilliant writer. It has nothing to do with the moon landing being fake, that he believes that, or any other conspiracy that he may or may not believe out there. I don't. Some people believe that he believes in conspiracies that he doesn't even believe in, and I don't know exactly. It's that Owen, someone whom I love dearly, in this capacity, has, has been unaccountable. And when anyone would express concern, he would lash out and torch the bridges. Including, by the way, with fans. With our fans arguing with them, upset. I still haven't spoken with him because he has yet to answer any phones or texts trying to reach him. Owen, if you're watching, I love you, everyone here loves you, but you've actually got to talk with someone to have any understanding as to what's going on here. And guess what? Someone who, who lashes out like that and leaves a lot of destruction and chaos in their wake, including with the people who love them most, at a certain point, I'll tell you what, this is opening, kind of peeling the curtain back a little bit, I have to protect my people, meaning the rest of the team who make this all possible. Anyone who has an opinion on this topic right now really is simply a hater without any of the facts at their disposal because no one publicly knows them. I don't even know them yet. And I really hope that it's something that can be resolved and, and not on a YouTube live stream. Now, if someone right now, for example, says, hey, man, you know, I don't think you should have spoken about that at all. It seems like airing dirty laundry. That's a valid criticism. And I may even agree with it because I tend to lean that way. But in this instance, because of the continual requests and calls and, and trying to reach someone who we love and care about and just breaking our hearts, and because of false information out there, I made a judgment call. Doesn't mean that if you think I'm wrong, that you're incorrect. I don't know. And here's the thing, in this company, a lot of us mug club, this independent company, like in any company, relationships are hard. And it's a late night show and, and, and someone like Johnny Carson never had to deal with the same pressures of you guys seeing every person who worked behind the scenes and, and seeing every relationship and how long it lasts. Um, we've had, for example, people quit because they were hired at more executive positions elsewhere where they still work and I've, I've written their letter of recommendation. We've had people who have had to let go who I've loved, loved, adored, but just weren't able to do the job. And uh, my father can tell you this, before I had to do it, I looked literally seasick. It was so hard for me to do. It was burdening other workers, though, too much, and a decision just kind of had to be made. And by the way, this person understood it, and we still talk today. We've had people leave on their own, on great terms. We've had people who we've 
kind of had to walk out the door on great terms. On the flip side, we've also had people leave this company without even honoring two weeks' notice and stealing company equipment out the back door. Quarter black? It, 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 it was me. It, it was you. You know what I'm, you know I'm talking By the way, company equipment means your Mug Club membership, your dollars that support this show. We've had some people behind the scenes, hand to God, try to sell out information to the Young Turks. The only reason nothing happened is because there was nothing there. And we never told you about it. And beyond this segment, we never will. We're not going to talk about it. Sometimes when these decisions were made, the rumor mill kicked into high gear. Misinformation started swirling. A lot of people uh, who are still left here, they they've been standing here and they've been taking some hits. That includes people in this room and that, that includes people in the control room who you don't get to see. So what makes someone a hater? is when they start delivering blows as punishment for things that you've never actually done. That's something you have to let roll off your back. But you cannot make yourself impervious to criticism. And I've seen people like this in my life. If my wife or someone I trust tells me, hey, listen, Stephen, you've been on a short fuse lately. And you know what? I, I think you were in the wrong to get so upset back there. Guess what? If I don't listen to that person, I'm failing myself and everyone around who cares about me. Ah, oh, he's just a hater. No, no, maybe my wife's telling the truth. Maybe I was a dick. I have to be open to that possibility that I could be wrong. If someone you love pulls you aside and tells you that they're worried about you, that you need to get your act together, you better sit your ass down and listen. Knowing the difference between haters and valid criticism is the difference between self-improvement and being a lifelong fool. And you can't even begin to discern the difference between the two if you don't have principles, foundational values, and more importantly, people in your life who keep you accountable. See, we live in a society that wants to just tell us to ignore, ignore the haters and then more butts on Instagram. Just ignore, they're just haters. Why? Because we live in a world that wants to tell you that you're perfect just the way you are. You're not. You're not, you're a very flawed human being who is far from perfect and you will never be perfect. You probably suck, I know I do. But if you want to improve, if you want to even have a hope of becoming a better person tomorrow than you were yesterday, it starts with accountability and the ability to listen to criticism, to process it, to look long and hard at yourself in the mirror and to use it, no matter how painful that may be. So do me a favor right now. As you're watching this or listening to this, uh, think of someone, someone you trust. Go grab them or call them, sit them down, and demand of them to tell you what you can best improve of yourself. Do it right now. How can you more effectively serve others? Write it down. Is it valid? Is it an area where you can improve? Could you use some help doing it? That's okay too. You can get help. We've talked about men suffering in silence. Men, it's okay for you to ask for help, but do it. Do it immediately. And then the next time someone slings mud your way that you know to be completely untrue, guess what? It won't bother you. You know why? Because you've already broken down your ego and you know that you can receive and process and utilize valid criticism. But you can't know whether it's valid or not until you've incorporated it and processed it continually, day after day, only a lifetime, only after a lifetime. And it requires a lifetime, by the way, of doing this. And I know people who've done the opposite. I know people who have been impervious to criticism their whole life, and I can tell you how it ends. Only after a lifetime of the pride-swallowing siege of doing this day after day, can you, can you actually completely reject the irrelevant haters and sleep at night knowing that you're not a fool. The difference between valid criticism and a hater 
is said simply, it's not incorporated simply. The difference is truth. All right, we'll see you next week. Hope that helps. Thank you.